Hey everyone, in this podcast, I sat down with Aiden Karadza, Tom's son, who's working with us over the summer in between university semesters, and Nadim Ahmed, longtime rockstar investing coach and experienced real estate investor. Aiden and I wanted to hear more about Nadim's journey in real estate, both investing himself and also coaching other investors here at Rockstar. Nadim used to actually own a successful men's and women's clothing store before stumbling into real estate, and he hasn't looked back since. In this episode, we talk about why he loves student rentals so much, his journey of personal development in sales, building relationships, and long-term thinking, why he loves the St. Catharines market, and his own personal retirement plan, which involves an infill development project building townhomes. Nadim also shared some of the real estate success stories of some of the investors that he's worked with. I just love this stuff. And if you do too, please check out our social media where we're now 10 times more active than we've ever been before, thanks to Aiden's help this summer. We're doing 60 second TikToks, Instagram and Facebook reels, and YouTube shorts that have been exploding in popularity. Plus, we post the full video episodes from this podcast on our YouTube channel, and we're now also posting five to 10 minute highlight clips from every episode on YouTube as well. We're now also gonna be doing more actual video walkthroughs of investment properties that either Rockstar team members own or that Rockstar Inner Circle members own and sharing the cash flow numbers on these properties. For example, on this Thursday, we're posting a full video of my seven bedroom student rental in Thorold that we talked about in this episode on YouTube. So you can check out the awesome cash flow numbers on that one and how we set up that home to appeal to students. And many more walkthrough videos of real life income properties are gonna be coming as well. Our TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube handle is Rockstar Inner Circle, all one word, and our YouTube channel and Facebook page's name is Rockstar Real Estate. So TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, uh, the handle is Rockstar Inner Circle, and then the channel name on YouTube is Rockstar Real Estate, and Facebook is Rockstar Real Estate as well, and this podcast is with Nadim Ahmed. I hope you enjoy it. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, let's just roll. We are live with Nadim Ahmed, and I forgot we were doing this podcast today. Otherwise, I would have dressed up a bit because Nadim <laughs> is the men's fashion guy in the office. And yep. whatever you're wearing, he, when you walk into the office, he looks you up and down, and you could, he's just openly judging what you're wearing. He'll let you know what, you th- what he thinks about it. And so I wanted to keep it casual, casual Monday. I had a busy weekend. I'm wearing a plaid. Nadim said it's what he washes his dishes with is what I'm wearing. <laughs> so he basically said I'm wearing a dish rag. I've seen you dress nice yeah well thank you you can man. step it up i know that well i should have stepped it up i forgot i was doing it with the men's fashion consultant here look at aiden wear a nice shirt yes yeah, i you got guys the look praise good. i got the praise yeah i'm definitely from dressed. nadim so yeah we're live with nadim nadim how long have you been with rockstar i think go to my 12th year 12th year as a investing coach yep Okay, so you have quite the story. Um, I'd say you're a little bit camera shy, so you haven't come out and really shared the story. Mm -hmm. But you do so much with so many different members. You have so much experience in real estate. I just want to figure out what is the Nadim Ahmed story? You uh, owned a men's clothing store? I started off uh, in menswear. Um, Myself, after school, actually, I I was actually working in um, Sherwood Gardens doing mall surveys in the late 80s. You know, I don't know if you, you guys are probably too young, but back in the day, before all these um, <clears throat> uh, social media stuff, so to do surveys and stuff, you'd have to grab a clipboard, grab a pen, a pen, and stop people in the mall and ask them questions. And that's what I was doing. And then one day, one of the, the there was a shoe store across uh, where I was standing at Cherry in the, in the food court area. 
um, one of the supervisors for a, a, the shoe store, he just approached me and says, hey, would you not rather be doing something more bigger? And like, and I said, well, I'm in school and this is a transitional job between college and um, summer holiday, sorry, at that time. And uh, so he says, just come in, come in for an interview. So I went into this, this shoe store and, and um, not gonna, I can't remember the name, it was back uh, quite a few years ago. And uh, he did an interview uh, gave me a job on the spot and said, hey, you know, can you start like right away uh, at this location? I said, well, let me think about it. You know, new to me, right? So Yeah, it was just uh, selling shoes? Selling shoes. Yeah. And so I started So he probably saw the salesman in you. Yeah, I think he did because yeah. like, I was working with like four or five older women, like, like, like grandmas, and I was the only young guy there stopping people on the mall. Um, yeah, you were a hustler. So I was hustling and I was, you know, doing well, right? And so he picked, picked me out of the crowd and come for the interview, got the job. So then he was, I accepted it, started it, <clears throat> did really well uh, in sales. Uh, and like within six months, I was promoted to the manager of, a, of the shoe store in Woodbine Center. Um, and that's where things happened. So then how did you eventually launch your own store? So doing, doing that, um, shoe company I was working for actually ended up going bankrupt. So and then I was out, uh, again, I was being recruited by other companies because you know, the store's closing down. Uh, so clothing, a men's clothing company, uh, uh, I met one of the owners there and he said, listen, I want you on board working with me. And so I said, sure. You know, so I, I started getting the menswear business. Um, and from there I went, uh, six months there too. And I got promoted to manager. And where is this? At Woodbine Center. Okay. That's a menswear clothing stem, a company. And, uh, from there I ended up, uh, doing that for about four years, five years. So you're out of school at this point? Yeah. Where did you go to school? I uh, went to Sheridan. Okay, nice. Yeah. Oakville? Oakville, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, I did continuing education at, at York at Atkinson College, uh, doing Bachelor of Social Work. Uh, but again, I was just on the side. I was still making money. I was hustling, making money, doing well. So did you eventually buy into this business? No. So I ended up uh, just opening up my own. So back in the day, there used to be a lot of flea markets because there was no Sunday shopping. So flea markets were the only things that were open. On Sundays. Sundays. Oh, interesting. Um, still like the mid '90s, I think that's when we started opening on Sundays the shopping malls. But before that, so I opened a, a, a menswear store in a flea market. Did really well with that. Gave me an idea. Hey, maybe I should open up my own clothing store. And that's where I ended up uh, deciding to open up my own menswear store at Lawrence Square. Yeah. So Toronto. how did that go for you? I know you got a lot of experience. Yeah, at- it went really well. Um, obviously, it was tough starting uh, when I when I was doing the menswear store. I was working that that from like morning, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day. Uh, money was tight because it was new. I was investing everything that I had into the store from from nine to like 2 a.m. I would do pizza deliveries or Pizza Hut. I uh, did that for about a year or two. Just as my pocket money because I wasn't paying myself in my business. Wow! And wow! Yeah. How much money did you put in back then? If do you remember? Because uh, you got to buy all the yeah, inventory up yeah, front. Yeah, it was probably about close to 50. 50K yeah. back then in the yeah. 90s too. Yeah. That's not an yeah. insignificant yeah. amount of money. You have a, you know, 1,500 square feet of store to fill in, right? With the, with the inventory. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty big. Right? So, it's pretty ballsy, man. Right? For you. So, yeah, it's, it's something I had. I'd, I was working for so many years, I was saving up money, right? So Yeah, and you do I have that, a passion and I, for and, it. And, and I had some help from my, 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 my brother and my dad helped me out a little bit too. Um, so yeah, I started going, get going from there and then I ended up uh, um opening the menswear store at Lawrence Square. And then from that, it went so well, I expanded um, and added women's wear to my portfolio, uh, my clothing store, and then just opened another one in Bolton and uh, had a menswear, women's wear, 
and did really well for, with that. So, so then how do you transition to real estate? What happened with the menswear? And so ended up being that one day somebody offered to, for my former uh, employees, asked me if, hey, if I want to sell the, sell the business. And I said, well, make me an offer, right? Uh, never thinking anything of it. And sure enough, like her husband calls me and says, hey, Nadim, I heard you're selling your store. I said, well, I'm not really selling it. Your wife kind of just, you know, made a comment about buying the store. And I just said, hey, make me an offer. And so he goes, well, let's let's sit down and and uh, meet and chat. And so he, we did. And he ended up uh, giving me a record, an amount that I was like never even expecting. And uh, from there, I said, OK, wow, this is great. But before I do that, because that's all I've ever done was was retail for like 15 years is what I do. So I reached out to Mike Desormo, and uh, I'd known him from Lawrence Square, actually from Woodbine Center. So Mike was a security guard. So Mike was a security right? guard at Woodbine Center. That's what so that's met. how you knew each other? Yeah. So Mike Desormo, for anyone who doesn't know, is another longtime Rockstar Inner Circle coach for maybe right. even 14, 15 years or something. Yeah, I think he's, with, he's been with Rockstar, I think, since the, pretty much the beginning, from what I understand. Wow. Um, so he was he is somebody I knew from Woodbine Center back in the 80s. And then as I opened my own clothing store in the 90s uh, at uh, Lawrence Square, uh, he ended up being there too. So we're like, we connected again. It's like, wow. And then we just became good friends and, you know, um, just kept in touch always as he moved on to different and bigger, bigger things for himself. Uh, we kept in touch. He became a customer. He was always just shopping in my store. And then one day when I was selling the store, I said, Hey Mike, what do I do? Like, do I sell the store? Like he says, you know, just come work with me at Rockstar. I'm like, tell me more about Rockstar. He says, just come to the office and, and I'll, I'll show you around. So when I came to Rockstar, we were in Burlington at that time. And uh, as I went and saw that the, like the operations that we were doing, and it's just not a, just a regular real estate agency because I never really wanted to become a realtor. Um, that was never a dream. But when I saw what we were doing with investors, putting portfolios together, you know, helping people succeed, and it is uh, different because you're almost like an investment advisor, correct? As opposed to a realtor. Like obviously, you you are still a real estate agent, but. Right. It's a totally different approach. You're looking at numbers and cash flow and, and that's portfolio. What that's what attracted me. Achieving financial goals. Totally, yeah. And for me and myself, what attracted me too is because I never invested before. And the uh, uh, reason being, you know, just growing up in an uh, immigrant family from the 70s, uh, 80s. What's your background? Pakistani. Yeah. Uh, I was born here uh, in Canada, but my parents were immigrants. And so their mentality was to work hard, save your money, put it in put it in a shoebox and in the mattress and save it for the rainy day, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, there was always that myth about, you know, renters don't pay rent, they destroy properties, so just be safe, you know, play the safe safe card, right? So then did you end up buying a property with Mike before you ended up getting your license? No, so I ended up coming to Rockstar and, and just learning the systems, right? Learning how it's done. Uh, when I first started with Rockstar, basically all I did was at that time was I was helping tenant fails. Okay, cool. Yeah, right? that's how everyone starts from the back like. end, right? That's probably the right way to go. Yeah, it's the totally. best way to get real estate. Because then you understand, because your tenants are your business and if, in real estate. So if, if you can learn from that end um, and work your way up, and that's what I did. Yeah, it feels like so many people here have started from from doing those property fills. Yeah, and being working with Mike, it was it was really good because he was helping me a lot, teaching me, and from that I just learned learned. Um, about numbers, number crunching, um, type of properties. And at, at that time, renting was really big. Um, so that was something that I got into. Um, being an investor, first time investor myself, uh, when I first bought my property in, in Bowmanville, Bowmanville um, it was more about <clears throat> feeling safe. And I felt like renting was safe because you know you get an option payment up front, right? You've got, you, you get, um, uh, tenant who's going to take care of all the utilities, take care of all the, the 
wear and tear on the property uh, because they're going to eventually buy the house. They have skin in the game. They have skin in the game as well. Yeah. And um, so that made me comfortable doing that. So after these tenant fills and learning about Rockstar and investing in real estate, that's it's when you decided to pull the trigger? Buy the rental okay, property, cool. get a rental and tenant, get a nice option payment up front, made me feel comfortable. Um, the tenant took care of all the expenses. Basically, every year I would just go and just do my, my routine check on you know, furnace filters, batteries, and... Um, just doing a walkthrough in the property, just with the yeah. Once that tenant is in there, the maintenance is very. On the rental, it's a little different, right? So you don't really have anything to do. Yeah. So okay, so you bought your first one, and then you transitioned to working with investors here. Yep. Yep. Primarily with rental mm-hmm. at the time, still. Rental was yeah, still pretty big at that time, and that's something that I was I was uh, good at at that time, right? Because I'd done my own and had done a lot of tenant fills for rental. How many rentals do you think you've done over the years? <laughs> that's a good uh, good question. Uh, over or under a hundred, under a hundred, but uh, up there though for sure. Over under fifty. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, over fifty. Over fifty. Yeah. And you still like rent to own in today's market as well, like for the for the right situation, depending on what someone's looking for. Well, it depends. Uh, sometimes we get I get an investor that's that's been investing for quite a few years and they're comfortable in doing what they're doing, uh, looking at multi multi units, doing conversions, uh, looking at student housing, which is actually one of my favorites as well. Yeah. Um, it depends on the investor. Um, sometimes if they're like green like me and they're a bit, you know, uh, gun shy to invest, then yeah, I, I definitely recommend a rental as a, as a first option. For them. And why are they typically scared to invest? Maybe some of the new green people, is it just worried about tenants? What's the main worry? I think the main worry, probably the same as what I had. The fear is, oh, you know, the tenants are, are not gonna pay rent or they're not going to take care of the property and I'll have overhead costs that they'll occur. You know, it's usually on a rental. It's more of a turnkey property, right? So you've done your inspection. You've done, you've you've seen the big big tickets like the um, roof, foundation, furnace, air conditioning, windows. Those are the big tickets, right? So if you're able to do the inspection on the property, it's pretty much nothing except for wear and tear that's going to happen on the property. Yeah. And those these properties we look for rental on are a bit more than just you know four walls and and, and clean space, right? Um, you want something that's going to be more attractive that someone's gonna buy the house than just a rental property. How have you seen the market change since when you first started, let's say 12 years ago to today? Like, what, how has it evolved? Uh, obviously, price points have changed. Rents have increased. Um, immigration's accelerated. We've been seeing how, 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 how big it's getting our cities. Our cities. Um, so there's a lot more demand for rent for rental property. So uh, before it was a bit of a struggle where you would have to wait to get that one tenant, but now it's like you know you put an ad out and uh, you also do a lot of fills, both of you, and you see like how what the demand is right now. How long were you waiting on average, uh, 10, 12 years ago, for a rental property to get leased? Uh, three to six weeks just for a rental, four to eight weeks for a rental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a bit tougher to find someone who wants to do the rental. In the situation, yeah, now right? pretty much you put an ad out, you're within a week, you'll you'll find a pretty good tenant. Yeah, and it high. just depends how strict you want to be at that point. For sure, how you want to filter through, what, what, what your criteria is, what you're looking for. Yeah, like I'm filling a property right now, and I've turned down uh, 100 people. And I know because I have my pre-screening Google form 
set up. And not like all of those people have been turned down, but for one reason or another, they haven't worked out. They didn't meet the standards that you were looking for. So this, it's not even me. It's the landlord I'm working with. Yep. He's very, very strict w- with what he's looking for. So a lot didn't even make it to the showing. And I see. The ones that did make it to the showing, a lot haven't followed through because it's a nice new townhome, but it doesn't have a backyard. Where is this? This is in Barrie. Okay. And it's taken me a lot longer. Wow. But in so part, a lot of people of have a, been reaching out. A lot of people have been reaching out. It's a beautiful home, but it doesn't have a backyard, which is um, turning a few people off, which has been a big lesson for me, how much people value the yard. Even though it has a a nice balcony up front, especially in Barrie, people are used to having the backyard. Yeah. This is like a new subdivision. Surprised that's in Barrie, because I know like, like locally, when you look at Oakville or Mississauga or Toronto townhomes that they're building, there there is no backyards anymore because there's no space, right? Yeah, yeah. or they're tiny. Yeah. Like, I just think in Barrie, like traditionally, you know, more north, just big lot sizes, big backyards. People grew up in that area, right. are kind of used to that. And now it's like this subdivision where they just crammed all these modern townhomes and mm-hmm. condo buildings, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have that. Right. But yeah, me coming from GTA, I'm just like, yeah, this yeah, is what it is. Yeah, and a lot of people are coming from the GTA because they're working out there, they're commuting, or they work in Toronto, but they want more space or their money to go further. So Barry's become like a suburb of Toronto, to your point about how everything's changed in the last 10 years. And Nadeem, I know now you do a lot in St. Catharines and you like that area, but when you first started, was it less in St. Catharines just because maybe now since the population's grown over the last 10 years, there's been less demand there? It's more about inventory. I found that before Hamilton was our, our go-to yeah, um, and Kitchener, uh, Kitchener, Cambridge. Uh, I used to do a lot of rent owns in Cambridge when I started. Um, but that's definitely changed. Yes. It's just also the price point. I think price point wise, Niagara region offers a bit more. And I find the, um, for whatever reason, I always find a good tenant pool in the Niagara region for, for a rent to own or be for a single family or for even for multi units. Um, just, just been happy and comfortable. Um, working through over the years, I've, I've met quite a few people who, who develop property, uh, purpose-built, you know, um, student rentals. Um, they do a lot of um, multi-units. So I've been working with a lot of uh, builders out there too. So that's kind of sort of drawn me a bit more than normal, I would okay. say. Like usually I try to spread it out pretty much everywhere, including myself, DeBerry, Aurelia, uh, Oshawa, Bowmanville. Those are where your properties are located? Myself and yeah, some of my investors. So pretty much everywhere, I, I pretty much not not in one area. It's just pretty. Spread you like out. to be spread, spread out, yeah. But it just recently has been more because I'm working a lot more builders for purpose built properties that I've been driving more yeah, to you've that. Had side. some cool opportunities to work with there. Correct. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on having all your properties in one kind of location, one city versus how you're spread out? Um, it it does work well um, if you are. Um, managing yourself mm-hmm. to have everything in one area. Because Anthony, you're like that. Your yeah, like properties I, are so close together there in St. Catharines. Because you're managing yourself, yeah. right? Um, but if you have management teams in place, um, you're, you're good to spread out. Um, again, it's, it's all about the value, what you're getting, right? Yeah, from a management perspective, I love it. Because it's one drive out there. All the properties are within seven minutes yeah. max drive of each other. So it's great. I can bang out you know, my mm-hmm. quarterly inspections or... Uh, biannual inspections all in the you know the same day and stuff I can knock off tasks but then i do think sometimes about how it would be nice to almost diversify a bit because yeah. you are location dependent now st Catharines, you know has a lot going for it in the niagara region and so does everywhere yeah, in Barack southern ontario Peter. yeah totally so i'm actually not too concerned about that mm-hmm. because it's kind of tied to the overall southern ontario market but i do see the value maybe of having different homes in different areas yeah 
Yeah. And also different strategies too. Yeah. It depends what you're, what you're focusing on. For example, you want, if, if student rental is your focus, uh, you know, where would you rather be? Like, would you rather go to, to Peterborough, like, which is further out from like our location or trying to invest in Toronto, like, you know, the big universities there, but again, the cost is a little bit higher. Rents are similar in the West End, for example, like at McMaster, Western, Brock, um, and I, I guess you could kind of argue you are kind of diversified just because one of your or two of your properties now are student rentals and then one's rented out to single family, right? Yeah. And the one student rental is a rental home before. Okay. So yeah, we're mixing and matching. And But to Nadim's point, so my third property was a student rental, seven bedroom. It was one of the builders mm-hmm. that Nadim works with that mm-hmm. bought this house, chopped it up a regular single family home, uh, put three bedrooms on the main floor to replace the dining room and kind of living room. Mm-hmm two bedrooms down, two up, so seven bedrooms total. That's an awesome student rental. Yep. And we were just there the other day, oh, Nadine. We filmed a video, actually. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Good. this video, by the time this podcast comes out, will probably be on YouTube. Yeah. So we do a full walkthrough of how I set up the student rental and stuff, oh, nice. and the numbers on it, it nice. rents for 4550 bucks. Excellent. Bought it for six fifty. And uh, this goes to your point. You've you had a good deal there. You did. So Nadim <laughs> sold me the property. So this was in the heat of the market, yeah. um, February, 2022, when we bought it and we got an off market deal. And yeah. it just goes to like the network here at Rockstar. Like it's people helping people. Like you were able to sell this, yeah. this home. You were specifically looking for a student rental investor. Um, I was looking for a student rental or just something that cash flowed high. And so it was perfect. The, you know, your, your seller was happy. I was happy. It worked out and we didn't have to go into this crazy bidding war on the student rental. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love it. It's my favorite property. That's one of the advantages of working with a group like, like us, uh, Rockstar is that you're able to get a lot of stuff off market because we don't, we, yes, we do, uh, buy stuff off MLS, but between our investment group, there's enough properties that we sell within, uh, totally, exclu- yeah. exclusive within What's our group. What's cool is I've noticed like one investor wants to sell because they're just changing their portfolio or changing what they do in life. Everyone has different reasons. Cashing yeah. in, whatever reason they sell, it's yeah. like, well, we have an investor ready to buy and yeah. we can kind of just connect the two. We know how it rents. We know what it rents for. We can talk in detail about the tenants if it's already tenanted. So it is cool. And then even this morning, I got a single key credit application for a property I'm filling. And I noticed the current landlord of that person is a Rockstar member. <laughs> no oh, really? I recognize the name. So I That's called him so this funny. morning, 8 a.m. And he picked up. I'm like, hey, man, like your tenants are, he knew me. So your tenants are looking to move. And he just gave me like a glowing review. And because I trust him so much, it's like, great. So it now is I, cool. That is cool. Just the network Mm-hmm. that's huge. here yeah. and it, how that benefits the investors and stuff is so helpful. Yeah. Yep. Nadim, how have you developed as a person since joining Rockstar? Because our, we have a huge focus on personal development here. And I think Tom and Nick obviously lead the charge on a lot of that stuff. You've told me, I think just privately before, how much that's been beneficial to you and, yep. and your life. Being, being in the sales industry <clears throat> from a very young age, um, you know, for me, it was all, it was all it was always about sales. It was about doggy dog sales mentality competitive uh, competitive you know um what i've learned just coming working with tom and, and nick especially one-on-one is you know it's it's not always um obviously it's important to be your number one to be for you to be number one but to be um doing the right thing uh putting your customers first you know not just trying to make that one sale so, you know it's not being pushy not being just trying to show numbers and, 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 you know, say, Hey, this is how it is. This is how it works. And that was not the mentality I had before. It was like just sales, 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 where here you're looking out for the, the benefit of people doing the right thing. Um, that's sort of how I've developed in my sales 
uh, growth. And have you has that actually benefited your sales? Do you think sure, yeah. taking that Absolutely, approach? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because you, I see you as like a real estate consultant. Like I've come to you many times with issues I'm facing, especially with student rentals. Hundred percent. It's not. It's now not always about sales, like I said. So it's about have building relationships with people, being friends. Uh, a lot of guys that I've I've been working with for over the years, we've become you know friends where we hang out sometimes. A couple of guys I play hockey with over the years, and just doing stuff, you know, just becoming building relationships, and that's important. And I never really did that before. To me, it was just about sales, sales, sales. Being a Leafs fan too will toughen you up <laughs> mentally. So I, I think that's also helped. Bills too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you have, you have uh, season tickets to go see the Bills, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, you're a diehard both Maple Leafs and Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah. yeah. It's been a tough ride. Yeah, right? yeah, and you, Tom, and Nick actually split uh, like a half a season yeah. season tickets with the Leafs this year. Right. Yeah, that didn't go so well in the end, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were there for the yeah, last, yeah, last yeah. few games. Yeah, we were so pumped that we even bought gold chains and just, you know, <laughs> yeah. big, the big Maple the fake Leaf, Leaf gold chains and oh, everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then heartbreak, oh, heartbreak, though, heartbreak, heartbreak. That does toughen you up, eh? Sure, sure, absolutely. So, how do you compare your journey of now being a full time real estate entrepreneur? Uh, investor, investing coach to your business in menswear. Sorry, I didn't get that. How do you compare it? Just, just you're running a, a totally different business. Yeah, it's it's a different, it's a little different. Here, I'm I'm working with um, a different th- different sales cap, like different thinking. Um, when you're having your own store or any business that you would have, for me, it was always the stress. I carried a lot of stress because I always owed money to these, you know. Uh, vendors that I was purchasing product off. Um, so working now with the real estate, it's like what I'm buying myself or helping people buy. It's I'm not carrying any overhead cost, besides just you know carrying the property itself, which the numbers work and carries itself. So it's a bit of a different, completely different uh, sales. Um, How has owning your own portfolio of properties changed your confidence level about your future? Uh, this is your pension, right? For sure, yeah. That's something that I never had. That's something when I was as I was a bit younger, obviously, but I wasn't thinking that far ahead. And if I was still doing what I was doing before, I, I don't know where I would be, uh, where I'm able to now set myself up for, you know, uh, passive income, retirement, you know, as my own pension, you know, have passive income. Yeah, and you, you've set up your life to live it the way you want today, too. Yeah. Like, uh, I'd say you're living life on your own terms. Thanks to... Thanks to uh, systems I've learned here yes 100% yeah I think you are totally I've been asking this question to a lot of the coaches recently and then Tom and Nick as well just because hopefully over the next 12 months I'll be buying my first property Mm -hmm. and I know this completely depends on price point and uh, multiple factors but if you were to buy another investment property for yourself personally today what property or what type of property do you think that would be Uh, I would probably want to do student rental and why well, just being in current environment that we're in right now with high high interest rates. Just easier to carry, more income e- coming in? More income coming in, a uh, bit more positive um, money in your pocket. Um, st- and, and the growth of, of population has one thing, but I don't know if we've shared the stat. I think we have. Yeah. Like there's like 900,000 plus students. International that, students coming that arrived in. arrived into Canada. That's, that's crazy. That's more than this, a regular immigration that we've had over of probably half a million, right? So there's always be a demand for school, for education, international students. So I'm feeling pretty comfortable uh, if, if I was to buy something right now, it would be a student rental. Now, what if you had the money to do a big value add? 
like you could buy the property and add a second unit or a third unit or a garden suite. Right. Would that change your thinking? Um, I guess it's all about the numbers, end of the day. But sure, that could that, I could definitely look into that too. Yeah. I mean, for me, I love the student rental and especially like for you, Aiden, if you're just getting into the market and you don't have all the money for a big value add. Like, totally. And that's why I'm payment. thinking that, yeah. Then, it might be a little bit easier to carry than something I, think, I need to uh, I think feed a little bit at just first. Just our team meeting today, we were talking about the the rental per room where you're, where you're getting in London, right? Yeah, you know the the rent prices for student rentals now are yeah they're they're pretty crazy, right? So the numbers are increasing there too. And one good thing I, I like about you know not not that it's anything wrong, but with with tenants when you're in a house, if you have good tenants, they may stay for quite a few years, and you know you might not get that same increase of of the rental number to meet the the market rents but with student rentals after every year or two three years you can always bump it up to whatever yeah you get that turnover turnover, because students are only there for however many years their program is three years max most of them would be right so yeah um that's one thing they always end up leaving right so you're not always carrying the same same tenant for quite a few years do you have any specific advice on managing student rentals for anyone who might be scared off because i feel like it does probably have a bad name to the general public like owning a student rental oh i don't want to partying holes in walls this and that well that's the worst thing right so what's the worst thing you could you could have you know some drywall damage or you know god forbid if you know the property burns down you'll have insurance for that right um but there's, there's really nothing more to it except. So with your experience. But my experience been- also with just even like just personally working with, with students, uh, you know, it, just like yourself, when you're your first time out of your home away from your family, yeah, you're going to live it up a little bit. You're going to maybe party on the weekends and, and, you know, drink and do whatever you need to, you know, to have fun. Um, but you are there for an education and you are there um, in a home that you're providing for them. But if, you, if you're showing this home respect, like, like, what I do is I send cleaning ladies in every few couple of weeks, sorry, every couple of months, you know, to clean um, appliances, toilets, you know, baseboards, things like that. That's cool. And I do see that now I'm currently a student at Western and I do feel like, yeah, landlords that show that they care or have some maybe property. You'll respect the property. Totally. Back, right. Totally. So if I neglect it and uh, just don't worry about it uh, for a year, they're going to treat it just the way you're treating it. Right. Mm. So taking care of the property is important. It's just like, you know, in your own home, if one of your, your parent cleans, you know, mops the floor, you're not going to walk in a wet floor because you know better, right? You, you, you're you going to respect how they're, they're working hard to keep the house clean. So same with students, man. You take care of the property, they'll take care of it too. It doesn't matter, like, which background you come from. It's just general human you know, it's like we respect, if you're respectful, people respect you back. Yeah. It's like the law of reciprocity. Exactly. Um, now with students, are you trying to get them all on one lease? That's the ideal thing to do. If you're trying to do this off season, it's a little more challenging because you're doing, you know, so per room. In like months like we're yeah. in now in June. Right now harder. it's tougher, right? So I do have some investors who are like, you know, looking to do um, uh, fills right now where I'm kind of saying, I know it's a bit tough, but if you can hang on for another month or two. Where the demand will come late back. Late July, beginning August, you'll, you'll get that group. Um, and it's a lot easier to manage a group rather than individual. Totally. And, so, then you, and then you got to worry about, you know, and that's probably one of the myths that, hey, the, you know, students fighting or something. If they're from individual groups, then yeah, it might, but if you know five or six people together you're moving in with, 
you know, it's going to be a lot easier for you to manage because they'll be getting along any because they know each other, right? Yeah. It's a group of friends. They're all on one lease. If someone doesn't pay, you serve an N4 to everyone on the lease. So there's social pressure on everyone else living in the home to then pay that for that person to pay rent because otherwise everyone gets evicted. Yeah, that's the best way to do it for sure. Yeah. Group of friends, less likely to have tenant conflicts. And then for anyone who doesn't know Nadim, what are the best months? Because it's pretty much the same across most universities here in Ontario, like when's the demand coming for people to sign the lease for a student rental? Uh, usually reading after reading week or during reading week, uh, like say February, February, March okay. is yeah. when you want to be ready for. And I see that at Western almost in London, almost even earlier from like December. Oh, do you see from December? Yeah. So I guess it's really, yeah, it can be anywhere there from like sure. December all the way till April. It depends where you are, what school you're at, if there's supply and they know there's supply, if there's a supply shortage, we're like at Western and, and uh, yep. Guelph, I think we see and there's a shortage of, of supply, then yeah, they'll start a bit earlier. And then that demand's there in those months because the leases start May 1st. Yep. So then people they, are they looking be, yeah. a couple months earlier. And then not to say, like I said, like in, in August, you'll you'll still be able to fill some properties because there are still some international students that are, are, are flying in. Um, I'm not sure if you know that even at the airports, there are actually special... Um, immigration boots for the first international students. I've heard that, yeah, and they're have, like students this yeah, way. Yeah, I have somebody, uh, one of my Rockstar members, He's uh, he works at the Air Canada, Air Canada, and he was mentioning to me that they have their own set up there for, for just are they so all getting them coming like in tour buses and being well, when they come off the plane, they're not going to the regular counter, they're going, there's a special counter for them to go to. And even when they exit the, once once they've exited the airport, and I've seen this myself, is there, like, you know, if it's U of T or whichever school, they have their own welcoming uh, committee there for you uh, to welcome you at the airport. Now, where are most of these students living when they first arrive? I think they've, a lot of them have, have uh, pre-booked um, some rooms. Um, some of them are staying in, in, in short-term rentals if, if they haven't done that. Um, How are you qualifying or screening some of these international students? Yeah, so that's, that's where it kind of gets tricky. For local um, students, we are able to get the parental guarantee hard to do that with somebody across the world to get it. Yeah, and their identification could be different and, and, language. Different and. language. So um, I've been able to get a few months of rent up front just for comfort level, um, but that's pretty much been 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 it. Yeah, it does feel like almost a bit of a gamble with the international students. But at the end of the day, they are here to study and they are not, this is not home. So chances are more than, more than likely that there shouldn't be any issues. Yeah, and they have the documentation and yeah. stuff. Like, they, yeah. They've got nowhere to go. Like they're here, they're really relying on you and you know, and they, can't, they come with money to, to, to get an education. Because again, it's not cheap, right? Coming in, international students pay a lot more than local. Yeah, tuition's locals. way higher for them, yeah. totally. You can meet them, get a gut feel. Yeah. Um, how important has that been in all your years of filling properties and investing, just getting a good gut feel for the tenant? Yeah, it's, um, over the years, uh, I know, paper matters a lot and applications and, and credit and everything. For me, it's a lot more of it's been, you know, the things, things that I look for personally is, is previous landlord reference, employment, and my gut feeling. Uh, being able to look somebody in the eye and just communicate with them and just get a read on them. Just yeah, being in sales get over a, the years. Uh, you, you've learned how to yeah. figure people out. Yeah. Do you ever get a fishy feeling? Yep, for sure. Yeah, and those are the ones you kind of, you know, say, well, I'll get back to you, right? <laughs> so. Has that ever, have you ever gone against your gut and then kind of regretted it? So far, no. It's good. Wow. Yeah. Intuitive. Yeah. I did once, I regretted it. Yeah. <laughs> My first but tenant. But I was actually talking about, about that, but everything that they, they provided you seemed legit, right? Like, 
Everything was the there. Employment was there. The down payment was there for you. I think it was your rent to own, right? From if I recall. Yeah, we got the down payment, which was a bit of insurance. Should they should had their own business, out. right? They did. COVID put them out of business. So that was something that you didn't foresee, right? So there was a lot of external circumstances. So yeah, I don't know if I, I guess I didn't listen to my gut. Um, they they had everything in order and they really liked the place. So maybe not. Yeah, maybe it wasn't a gut thing. Like it really was external circumstances. The relationship broke apart. Uh, mental, some mental health issues that I uh, obviously wasn't aware about with the one tenant that was still living after they broke apart in terms of uh, like hoarding and that type of stuff. But man, now that I've been through the nightmare tenant scenario, I'm glad because it's like I've lived through yeah, it. Now and you can conquer anything. As, as your uncle Nick says, the most sh shit you deal with is the one that wins. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah, so, whoever yeah. deals with the most, the most shit, shit you're going to win. Yeah. And, and trust me, we've all, we've all been through it. Um, it makes you stronger. Yeah. Right. So when people are maybe join up with Rockstar, they're looking at buying their first property. Like everyone's scared to do it the first time, right? Like it's a it's a big investment. It's might be one of the biggest investments you ever make in your entire life. You know, how are you telling people? Like, how are you transferring? How much real estate has done for you over the years? And because I get frustrated with this sometimes because I don't know how to communicate. Like, look, real estate's completely changed my life. It's changed so many lives of the people around me. Like, and I struggle a bit to communicate that at times. How do you deal with that? Well, it's a business. It's a business, right? So I, as I tell people, it's it's yeah. This stuff out there says, hey, you know, get rich quick, buy real estate. There's books. There's lots of reading material out there, videos, but it's 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 an investment. You need to have, you need to be a business person. It's a risk. Everything's a risk, right? Uh, money doesn't come just falls off the tree. It's you have to work for it, and it comes with risk. I find that it's, it's a minimal risk because it, you're owning hard assets when you buy real estate. So it is, you, you'll always own land. Um, and some of those factors that we go over here and talk about kind of make us confident about that. Sure, yeah. And, and so that's, that's, that's the risk, right? But to me, it's minimal. In this environment with rates up, how are you combating that? Yeah, so again, it's, it's the short term is, is not what you look at. You know, it's not it's not a short term thing. You look at uh, don't you don't look at the next six months. You look at the next three years. You look at the next five years. A lot of uh, people that I work with, I try and show them the five year projection. So, for example, um, some people, some of you might say, "Well, I'm I'm negative three hundred dollars every month on my property. That's thirty six hundred times. You know, um, three is what uh, uh, ten thousand eight hundred. But in three years, you probably could be worth fifty thousand more just in appreciation." Or even having equity paid down in three or three to five years from the mortgage from the mortgage payment from the mortgage pay payment and even through our historical data and even through the the slower times we've had, real estate still keeps going up. So even if you take the the lowest amount of appreciation, like two two percent or three percent, you're still going to be ahead of the negative cash flow mm -hmm. in three to five years. So it's the longer picture you got to look for. The bigger it's the long game than the short game. Just zooming out? Zooming out. Yeah, and I think I heard, I think it was my dad say it the other day. It was like, if do you think the dollar is going to keep being devalued? And if your answer is yes, real estate's going to keep going up. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. That's, that's how I, I, that's the mentality that I have. That's how the thinking I have. That's how I take the risk. That's how I encourage people to take. If you, again, if you're, if you're the risk taker to get into real estate, sure, that's the way to and go. And as broken as that is, it's just yeah. how our econo it's true. economy is. A lot of uh, fills that I'm doing 
a lot of tenants are telling me, hey, I was actually in the market to buy a house, but now I either can't qualify or everyone around me is telling me that the real estate market is going to go down, like this can't mm -hmm. continue. And I'll actually tell them, I'm like, do you think real estate is going to be higher or lower in t 10 years from now? And they're like, higher. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, and they're still making that decision. Yeah. Um, and not like renting's wrong. Like I rent myself where I live. Like it makes sense, whatever your personal situation is, if, if it makes sense. But um, yeah, like it, it does concern me I when I see I, people getting out of the market. I don't know if I've shared a story with you, but this uh, lady I was working with many years ago, a rock star, she, she lived in a basement apartment and she's from overseas. She had money. She was here by herself, her, kid, her kids, family, wherever, everyone was back home. She rent, she lived in the basement, as, referring to your living, you renting. She rented, for three, or rented a basement apartment. She ended up buying three properties. And over the five years of her owning these properties, just before COVID, she just during COVID, before COVID, she sold all three of them. And her goal was to buy herself a mansion back home. And she actually did that. And where was back home? Uh, somewhere in South South America. Oh, wow. And That's cool. So she bought three properties five years prior. Five years, exactly five years later, she sold all three properties, took the money, and moved back to her country. Wow. She was here for work for, for a few years, and she said, I'm here. I might as well invest. Mission accomplished. Right? So... That's, that's a really cool. good story, yeah. Do you have some other cool stories like that? Like how have some of your Rockstar members' lives changed just over the years working with them? Um, well, it's, it's, everyone, has their, everyone has different goals. And, and again, it's been only 10 years, but in the t uh, 10, 12 years I've been here. Uh, but the last decade or so, yeah, I've been working with, for example, an older gentleman who approached me, he was like 57. And he said, hey, Nadim, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm gonna be retiring 65. I've got no assets, I just own my own home, and my pension won't be enough for me to live my life at my terms at this. So he started buying properties. He bought like three right off the bat of me working with him. And then he made money on that, and he bought three more in two years. Then he, he was doing three, three properties at a time in increments, and then with the help of his children and his wife, he ended up buying over a dozen properties. Wow. Okay. And has he retired now? He's, oh, I think he's there, yeah. yeah. He's still working, but I think he's just pretty much wrapping up. And he's kept the properties? He's, kept, he's, he's been cashing out some of them because he just needs to have some, some cash flow as well to enjoy. So he's been selling some. So he's like, he'd be like a perfect scenario you could get, have. He's got some rentals. He's, he's cashed some out. And he came at like eight years ago, nine years ago now. Uh, when he had nothing. I think I know who you're talking about. Does, uh, do they still come out to Rockstar meetups? Yeah, yeah he sees a VIP member, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know his full story. Yeah, so he's, he's done really well for himself, and now he's, you know, just living his life at, at his terms, and he started off really, really late. Mm. Have you ever cashed out any of your own properties? No, not yet. Do you think he will? Uh, thinking about it, yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing concrete, just thoughts uh, come across that, yeah, you wanna do this maybe. Um, I did buy a property, uh, just a shack of a house uh, on, a, on a nice piece of land. Um, rent's not even covering the, my mortgage right now, but it's just a little, more of a hut on a nice piece of lot. So I've got a renter in there paying rent. She's a good tenant. Uh, Where is this? It's in St. Catharines near Brock. So my goal was to demo the house and build three townhouses on it as my uh, retirement. And so I still have this property and I'm gonna probably eventually start building on it by tearing it down. And, and putting and putting three townhomes goal is to have like a, a five bedroom upper unit legal duplex basement two bedrooms three of those uh I've, there was permits prior to me somebody else had permits to, before i bought the land 
So they did, they didn't go through with theirs for whatever reason, and they ended up selling the property. But I do I do have those plans where I can build uh, twenty one doors on this property. Wow, and, that's awesome! And that'd be like fifteen grand of like rental income every month. Because you'd be cool. renting to Brock University students. Yeah, it's near the school. Yeah, and you, awesome. You so really I bought this, know that market. Yeah, so I just bought this land because knowing it's future value, right? Not immediately. Yeah, sure, I'm a little negative because the rent that that tenant's paying is like nothing really, but it's it's covering most of my expenses there. But the goal is for future development. Could you have imagined yourself doing pretty cool things like that, like ten years ago when you started? Like, like I said, to you, it was never, never even a thought before. Yeah, um, like so develop land. Yeah, and, and develop land, and it just it just never was. I was in a different mindset, different thinking, different world. And maybe if maybe with uh, how Rockstar has grown, maybe I would have if I hadn't joined Rockstar, I would have known about it by now. Um, as we have so many people joining us every month. Um, Maybe I would have ended up here somehow through Mike mm -hmm. or whatever without, without working as a coach. Um, but yeah, it's never something I imagined. I thought I'd be just a regular guy working till I'm 65 and then figuring out what, what to do next. But now I know I have a plan. Yeah, yeah, you've changed a lot of people's lives, man. And like you said, you've become friends with a lot of them. Like your members absolutely love you, man. And uh, you're a likable guy, so I understand it. Um, but what do you like about working with people to do this type of stuff? Uh, I just, I, I love the interaction, right? Yeah. I love making people um, meet their goals. It's satisfying for me and it's just to help somebody reach their Fulfilling. goals. Fulfilling? Fulfilling, 100%. What are your thoughts on the new Garden Suite stuff that's happening? It's just kind of started and picked up this year. Yeah. Um, do you think that's something that you'll I, be... I haven't, I haven't really had much exposure to it's it. so I, early. Yeah, I, yeah I, I do have an investor that did buy a property that had a... Potential? No, he had, it was a property with a garden suite actually. Oh, wow. In Port Coburn. Um, so, you know, that's, that, it's been a good rental income. And you uh, think that the popularity of these may continue to increase over the next couple of years? Like, you know, as discussed earlier, like there's this, there's yeah. a how does it growth not? shorting, sup housing su uh, supply shortage. People need places to yeah, live. Yeah, how does it not? Yeah. And just even like mentioning to you earlier, like in our team meeting, I think I brought it up is that, you know, uh, some student rentals that we are rent helping uh, our investors rent. We're getting people like calling us just, hey, please, can I just rent this? I'm not a student, but I really want to, I need a place to live. And it's just like every like, person that's reaching out, it just needs a place to stay. Um, there's not much a supply shortage for, for, yeah. for homes. People are willing to just live in a room. Yeah, it is crazy out there. Um, do you see yourself ever retiring? Or do you think you'll kind yeah. of just keep doing this and then just maybe taper things off like yeah it's obviously you think about it as you get older and i'm getting older um but my goal is uh to keep going um i do have an exit strategy as i mentioned about building a property and, and having some passive income but you know till till i'm i'm physically capable and and, and mentally there I'll, I'll keep going you're gonna keep going yeah you yeah. love what you do man yeah it is cool to see it. yeah you think we're gonna see a leaf stanley cup you know, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, obviously. What are your thoughts for next season? I want the Leafs to win just for Nadim. I don't even yeah. care if they win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for Nadim. And How do you think next season's going to go, Nadim? Uh, it's going to be tough, man. Uh, who, who was it they just signed? The assistant GM? Who was it? Well, the Shane Doan. They got yeah. the assistant GM. They, they got a new GM, Brad, traveling, tra traveling I, th I think. And, uh, and yeah, luck with, Matthews. With, the, with Matthews and Marner and Nylander and the core four, they still have to sign them. I know, well, we'll see what happens. So without them, it's going to be challenging if we can sign them and keep the group together. Yeah, and it seems like they're keeping Keith, right? Yeah, well, I think so, yeah. so 
And then what I think, about I think he'll be on a short leash, though. Yeah, yeah, you gotta think so. For the new GM, if you don't, if the team doesn't. Uh, well, yeah, one more perform year, the like way. That, he, I don't know what happens. If, right. It's it's just the yeah. It's been. Uh, and then what about the Bills? The Bills, the Bills have a good chance, man. They they got the quarterback right. Still, yeah. Hopkins is still not signed. No, he's. Uh, you think there's a chance? Yeah, I'm not sure if he's the missing piece uh, for them to get to the next level. But I think it's just a matter of. Unfortunately, last year, I think a lot of things happened with them with injuries and. And the Mar Hamlin thing yeah. happened. So and Von Miller getting the injured. Von Miller. So there was a lot that they went through, right? Especially with the guy he died on the field, pretty much, right? I know. Yeah, that was and crazy that was, for them to carry through. It was tough for them to play after that, right? Totally. So I think that's probably yeah, one mentally of the that had to be tough. Yeah, I think it drained them. So but, yeah, uh, yeah. I just thought of another thing. Your rockstar member Jonathan just uh, like a couple days ago, me and him were texting because we're next door neighbors. Okay. With our student rentals, and, uh, <laughs> he's like, "Who's cutting your lawn?" And I had hired a guy who was like forty bucks a week for the cut, and uh, he's like, "I've got a kid who just offered to do it for like forty bucks for the month." And so he sent me his number. I'm like, okay, great. So he's not going to do as good of a job probably as this professional, but uh, for student rental, it's more than enough. So I was like, sweet, save me what. 80 bucks. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 80 bucks for the month. And then actually my other neighbor, my other student rental, I saw him when we were filming our walks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I've got a guy doing mine. Like, uh, let me ask how much he'll do it to split. And so that saved me uh, something significant too, like a hundred bucks. Or yeah, that one seemed big. You're finding all these grass cutting deals from the neighbors. Yeah, no, that's been huge. Um, have you found stuff like that? Just with working with neighbors around properties and stuff. Like I always get my neighbors phone numbers mm -hmm. and I'm like, look, if there's ever any issues, call me. Mm -hmm. Like I want to address it. I want to make sure we got good tenants for you guys. And I found it useful because they have called me a couple of times uh, when I had those uh, bad tenants about issues. And then otherwise it's just been good for that type of stuff. That's actually, that's, a really, that's actually a really good point. Besides, I'll get to the grass cutting, but yeah, your neighbors, if you have an investment property, it's always good to know your neighbors because they're your eyes and ears, right? Um, just always, like when I actually go to my properties, I always bring, uh, you know, if it's family chocolates or you know students, you know, give them some some gift cards and, and stuff like that. But even for neighbors, right, uh, that you have, just you know, just bring them something as a little gift. Always. You're, bri you're bribing them. <laughs> well, not bribing, but just building a relationship, right? Like it's just they, they're they're important for you, right, neighbors? Because if you're living in Toronto and you have a property in like London or wherever, like how how, how will you know what's yeah, happening? Here's some chocolate. Give me all reports on the property. <laughs> Yeah, it is cool, man. Uh, yeah, it makes things better for sure. Um, I don't know. Do we have anything else? I guess I have one other question that comes to mind. With all these new kind of changes downtown Toronto, you're able to have more density there in, you know, three units, four units. Mm -hmm. Does that interest you at all or no, just because it is a higher price point and likely a lot of upfront cost to convert something like that? Yeah, so good point. Um, Downtown Toronto always is Toronto is the is, is the hub always will always be yes if you're if it's something that you can um, work with numbers um, again getting a uh, so just if it makes sense like if anything. it makes sense just like anything if you're able to you know um, able to get um, credit for it yeah to, to purchase that kind of property for sure absolutely uh, it would make sense yeah okay yeah cool yeah. Nadim when are you gonna go all in on Bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> not there yet. <laughs> Tom will get you there. Not there yet, but yeah, there's some people. Ten dollars at a time. Some people that are really into it and believe, be, truly believe in it. Um, I've got, uh, I don't know, if one, you probably know him, but one of the members there, he sold one of his properties recently, um, just to buy Bitcoin. Yeah, Cause he well, because he built up a good portfolio. With he you. built up a good portfolio, yeah, and and uh, he uh, he feels the time is right. And I just recently sold his property for him, his investment property that he owned. Um, just he wanted to buy Bitcoin, so. 
Yeah, he's a big wow. believer, and he's also just trying to diversify a little bit out of real estate. Hundred percent, because he's so much it in it. Yeah. So uh, for everyone, it's, everyone has a different different. Right. For me, like I'm I'm just comfortable hold, holding real estate. Um, for some people, it's about you know owning gold, silver, you know, Bitcoin, different things. I'm, I'm comfortable with just real estate. Yeah, real estate's still the king. For, it's still for me. my favorite. For me, yeah, totally. Yeah, there's, for me. there's just yeah. too much you can do with it. The cash flow, boring against it, the tax advantages, developments, mm-hmm. increasing rents, turning to student rentals. Yeah. Dupe all the fundamentals, it. especially here in Ontario, it just makes sense. Yeah. But you, but you guys were doing a Bitcoin class, right? We, some, we've some. done one, yeah, on the member we, yeah, site. Yeah, we did two membership-wide Bitcoin classes. One was how to buy it, and yeah. then the other one was how to store yeah, it self in self-custody. And so those recordings are available on the member site. For, Maybe uh, I should just get a reserve a spot next time you guys do one. Let's get more <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it from you guys. Yeah, you definitely need to get off the exchange, because I know you owe some, but I, I don't know if you self-custody it yet. Sorry? Because you own some. You bought some on yeah, the exchange, I yeah. but I don't know if you've taken it off and self-custodied yet. No. Yeah. yeah, we got to get in deep. Yeah, okay. That, yeah. I'll send it's you the time, link, especially now with everything happening last week. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'll send you the link. You want to get your Bitcoin off, yeah. off the exchange? Yeah, because right now you just have an IOU saying we owe you this Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean it's sitting there in your account. Right, you could get it. What if? What it, do you mean I could get it? Like, you can pull it off, right. custody it. Now you truly custody your own keys to your Bitcoin. But if it's just sitting on the, on the exchange and the exchange goes under, which has happened time and time yeah. again in, yeah. in crypto and Bitcoin then your assets can be frozen. Yeah, so you want to take it off and self-custody it yourself. Yeah, you want to use the exchange to buy and then yeah, take it Yeah, it's a bit of exchange. a learning curve. Like I was speaking to someone at the VIP meeting last week and he's got like 40 grand of Bitcoin sitting on the exchange. I'm like, dude, you need to custody it, custody it because uh, it's just happened too many times. It's a lot of money to have sit in there. Mm. And it's a bit of a learning curve to set up the hardware wallet, to pull it off. Yeah. To, like, I'm trying to think of a comparable. Maybe it's like owning like a REIT instead of real estate yourself. You can't control what happens in that REIT. Yeah, the exchange technically owns your Bitcoin right now. They have custody of it. It's like keeping your gold in the bank and the bank goes under and you can't, they, they lock the doors, you can't get the gold out. Okay. So it's a similar thing. We'll send Indeem the link. Yeah. We'll send you the link, man. Send me, send and then uh, just shout out to you, man. You've helped me so much in the last few years grow my portfolio. Two of my homes, man. One you you uh, you noticed on MLS for me. That's now a great student rental for me. And then my my other student rental that I love, you uh, sold me that property and, and helped me out. So thank you, man. Well, me and my good. partner have a lot to thank. All good, man. Yeah, so appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, thanks for everything you do here, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was great. Thanks for having me in your chat here. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. Awesome. So thank you, Nadim, for taking the time to share your story. I know the rockstar investors that you work with are going to love hearing from you. And thank you to Aiden for jumping on the podcast. Aiden's only 21, so it's awesome that he has so much confidence to jump on here and ask great questions. And once again, you can check out the complete ramp up of our social media, including full video podcasts, highlight clips, shorts, and real videos, investment property tours, and cash flow numbers at our TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube handle of at Rockstar Inner Circle, all one word, in our YouTube channel and Facebook page's name is Rockstar Real Estate. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope to catch you again on the next episode.